You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Game day. It's game day as we record this. We're playing a game. It is. But they will already have known the score, but that's okay. You're right. Technically, you're right. I want to thank everybody for making this the first podcast you listen to every single day. Uh, You guys are the best. You're totally the best. Um, All right. Jimmy, what we do on Wednesdays typically is uh, we talk about Bama and NFL because we need a couple of days because there's so many of them. Um, But Bama and NFL, we're going to keep it to one segment this particular time. I'm wondering at this point, is Mac Jones bucking for rookie of the year? It felt like it was Jamar Chase and it was going to be uncontested. Do you think Mac Jones is making a case now? Absolutely. He's absolutely, for one thing, quarterbacks get more attention for these type awards. It's not a quarterback award, but if you tell me, uh, just take Alabama out of the equation, take Mac Jones out of the equation. If you tell me it's between a quarterback and a running back or between a quarterback and a pass rusher uh, or between a quarterback and a receiver, I'm going to tell you that the quarterback's going to win most of the time, and that's the only fact I need to know. So I think Mac is in an advantageous position from his position, and um He's got a lot of attention this week. Uh, the season is only barely half over. The thing that's helping Mac is, to me, it seems like Mac is getting more and more comfortable and playing better and better every week. But, yeah, uh, I also think Najee Harris is in the conversation just a little bit as well. But, uh, yeah, I would say uh, if the voting is this week, uh, yeah, Mac Jones is your uh, AFC Rookie of the Year, which is just stunning considering he was – Luke, he was the fifth quarterback taken in this draft class the fifth one and 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 not only is he the best of the rookie quarterbacks uh the rookie of the year he is this week but i agree uh jamar chase from the Bengals is uh remains serious competition great player and look forgive me for not knowing this and forgive me for making people who listen to this going why does this dumbass have a podcast um does (laughs) does the nfl have do you have AFC and NFC Rookie of the Years, but not a comprehensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, that, that's okay. And, and yeah, the same people are going. See, see, now you've confused me. But, uh, but, but I believe there is an AFC Rookie of the Year and an NFC Rookie of the Year, but there's one universal MVP, which is different than, okay. like, for instance, Major League Baseball. Because Major League Baseball, of course, has a National League MVP and American League MVP. I think the NFL does one MVP, but they do have AFC Rookie of the Year and NFC Rookie of the Year. I believe I believe that's how that works. I mean, that's got to be- only be for bonuses, right? That's The Players Union had to set that up. Like, we want another way to work into a contract that you can get a bonus and that we can spread out as many of these bonuses as possible. That's That's the only thing that makes sense to me. You should have a rookie of the year. You should have a defender of the year. You should have an uh, an MVP. Um, and I guess an offensive player of the year if you want to do that. But the MVP ought to also win either 
offensive or defensive player of the year because we know the MVP is not going to be a special teams guy. Look, if if Jan Stenerud won MVP, we'd all be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because he's dead. That, he's dead. Yeah, it'd be really weird now. I mean, I, I, the fix would be in. I mean, you think the SEC office is corrupt in officials. Jeez. The MVP motives. That would be a horrendous call to make. Your, your MVP is George Blanda. Uh, or how about calling the family of John Stenerud going, hey, look, we don't mean to pick a scab here, but, you know, <laughs> oh, your dead mean? relative, your dead relative just won MVP. We didn't want to make you think about him again, but congratulations. I mean, and, and because he's, he's dead, his contractual bonus will not kick in. You're not getting any money either. <laughs> is he? That's, that's, a, that's another thing, though. I mean, it goes just, back to that game I play. A dead or alive? I don't. I'm taking your word for it. Jan Stenerud is dead. I don't know that Jan. He only had half a foot, right? That's the uh, Saints kicker that kicked the long kick. Uh, what, what was his name? Benson? No. Uh, the uh, the Saints kicker. No, the Saints kicker that had the longest kick for a long time, the 63 yarder or whatever. Uh, he had half a foot, but uh, but not not uh, not Stenerud. So wait a minute. I've You've killed Jan Stenerud, and I cut off half his foot? <laughs> that's Jeez. right. That's how he died. Some bad days. I'm Googling it now. That's how he died. He, he lost half his foot in a chainsaw accident, and that's how he died. No, <laughs> no it was the Saints kicker. Tom Dempsey, I'm told by uh, my live studio audience. Tom Dempsey. Yeah, who Saints the hell is talking to you? <laughs> I'm do, I am doing this in front of a live studio audience, exactly like Barney Miller in the 70s. This is hilarious because neither one of us can operate the YouTubes to get this thing live where we could actually make some more money. And we are both inadequate in our technological knowledge and lazy. So we can't do this, yet you have somebody fact-checking you during the podcast. That's insane. And they paid to be here. <laughs> So you're making extra money. I'm not. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's let's uh, let's keep running down Bama and the NFL. I'm not going to go through all of them. I mean, it's just kind of silly. But I will say it is cool that Alabama's quarterback room at one time was Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and Tua Tungavailoa, and all three of them won in blowout fashion this past weekend. Uh, that's pretty cool in the NFL. Um, I want to about also – when you factor in Luke that Mac is is having the tremendous success that he's having, I mean, it's incredible that we have that that QB room at the same time. That's football history. But the fact that Mac Jones, uh, of all people, uh, is, is the one having the tremendous amount of success and may win Rookie of the Year, which which Jalen or, or Tua didn't even come close to doing, uh, that 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 still blows me away because Mac just didn't come in with the with the hype. That Tua or even Jalen did, frankly, and uh, yeah, just unbelievable what Max accomplishing. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Trayvon Diggs had another interception that gives him eight on the year, which is just nutso. Um, then I wanted to uh, talk about Devonte Smith. He turned twenty three years old on Sunday and had two touchdowns against the Denver Broncos, uh, thrown by Jalen Hurts, by the way. So pretty cool for him. And finally, this was uh, interesting from last night, Monday night's game, 
San Francisco, Jimmy Ward from down there in your area, Davidson High School, has two interceptions and one of them being a pick six last night off Matthew Stafford. You know, we'll, I'll comprise a list soon, but there, I think it's worthy. It's it's worthy of a whole show that we need to discuss. That, you know, Jimmy Ward's from Mobile, uh, and, and you know, un, unoffered by Alabama and Auburn. You know, Jimmy Ward played at Sanford. Um, there is going to be five players in this upcoming NFL draft, Luke, in the 2022 NFL draft. There will be five kids likely selected in this upcoming draft from Mobile, Alabama, none of them offered by Alabama. None of them. And, That's crazy. and then you have your Jimmy Wards and your uh, Tart, who's also a safety for the 49ers from Mobile, uh, not, not offered by Alabama. I mean, I, I really think that it, it's, it's worth talking about. And uh, I told somebody this on the phone the other day, uh, talking about this subject. I think 2009 Nick Saban or 2010 Nick Saban would have found that all 100% unacceptable, uh, that there would be multiple kids from inside the state who grew up Alabama fans who were in the NFL that didn't get offered by his staff. I think he would have found that unacceptable 10 years ago. I think 2021 Nick Saban's response to all that is going to be, are you telling me we're recruiting the wrong kids because we seem to win every week by five touchdowns? And He's right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, right. He's right. He's going to say, well, the kid that I found in Canada is, is better than the kid down in Mobile, uh, even if that kid in Mobile is one day going to play in the NFL. Uh, and, and that's hard to argue with. So it, it's just an interesting philosophical debate about sort of our abandoning the state of Alabama and our pursuit of what we perceive to be the best talent all over the globe. Uh, we offered an offensive lineman from Europe, by the way, this week in the 2023 class. Um, and it's interesting, but it's hard to throw stones when you look at the success. I mean, the success on the field speaks for itself. So anybody saying Alabama's doing it wrong uh, is wrong. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com or just go to built.com. That's the actual website. You can go to builtbar.com. I'm sure it'll lead you back, but go to built.com to. Try these delicious, nutritious built bars. They're good for a keto or a keto diet, as I've said a million times. If you don't know what a keto diet is, hey, welcome to the show. I only talk about it every day, so I'm not going to do it right now. Built.com, go get you a built bar. These things are covered in chocolate. They've got a multitude of flavors. You will love them, I'm telling you. Once you order some, you'll order a bunch. So don't go to built.com unless you like good stuff because that you will order again. You know, that's the thing. If you go to build.com and you order some, you're going to order them more than once. So I'm telling you right now, if you've got like a compulsive shopping issue, I probably wouldn't do it because you're going to love them so much. You're going to be like, I can't stop it. I can't, I can't stop buying these things. They're awesome. That's how good they are. They will give you a compulsive shopping problem. That's how good they are. These things are awesome. Love them. Built.com, low in carbs, low in sugar, but high on taste, baby. Go to built.com to get these delicious, nutritious built bars. Jimmy, um, all right, I go on Dave Schultz's program every so often down there in the Mobile area uh, yeah. as a rep for Locked On Bama because he's a great American and I appreciate him having me. Um, I appreciate his having me. I don't know why I get so caught up in the grammar there, but I do. Like, it's possessive when I, I'm, anyway. So yesterday I went on his show and um, I kind of, every now and again, I say something I think like takes him aback like that 
and not in a good way. I think it's like he thinks, oh my F-word. God, I just I just called yep. this idiot to talk about Alabama. <laughs> well, yesterday what I said was, I said, you know, uh, he, he's like, okay, 59 to three, say all the good stuff. And I go, you know, I'm not going to do that. I said, I, I still think there's a lot to work on. And I said, here's my thing that I thought Bryce Young looked good. And obviously his stats were great, but I think he can be more accurate. And I said, I know you went 21 of 23. I understand that. And I was, some people probably ran off the road going, who did you get to be a guest on here? But my point was that if watching the game on, a, on at least two of the touchdowns, and I think more than that, the passes were such that Jamison Williams had to contort his body or almost do a complete 360 one time to, uh, to catch the ball. And then he just has so much athletic ability that he was able to outrun the defender. And my point was, okay, that's fine against New Mexico State. You can throw it in the general vicinity, and our frisbee-catching dogs will go get it and score. That's, that's fine. But see, against Georgia, if you don't throw it right in that window, they're going to pick it off or knock it down. And that was my point. And so anybody who listens to the Dave Schultz program, and I hope a lot of you do, and if you heard me and thought I'm an idiot, number one, you're right. But number two, I'm not as stupid as you think about this. I'm as stupid as you think about most things, not about this. Jimmy, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I'm sure Bryce, uh, like all perfectionists, Bryce would want to throw a few of those throws back, even ones that he completed. Uh, I, I think if Bryce has a weakness right now as opposed to accuracy, I, I think his decision-making sometimes isn't as good as the coaches would like it to be. Uh, we give Bryce a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage about choosing plays and picking plays and changing plays. And uh, and that's all done purposefully. And, and Bill O'Brien wants that as part of the offense. I'm not sure Bryce bats a thousand when it comes to that sort of stuff, but we also shouldn't expect him to be. I mean, he, you know, he, he was just making his 10th start uh, of his career in college uh, Saturday against New Mexico state. Uh, I agree with you in two ways. Uh, I, even though he was 21 of 23 with five touchdowns, which is outrageously great, uh, and I would call his, his performance great, uh, I wouldn't also say it was his best of the year. I'm not sure what his best of the year was. I, I, maybe Mississippi State. I, I don't know it was that, uh, but, but it, was, it was certainly good enough uh, to, to keep him in the Heisman race. Um, but but a, a, another point that you made that I, I completely agree with this, if you're going to beat Georgia, if that's going to happen, you're going to play your best game of the year. It's the only way it's going to happen. Alabama has to play its best game on offense, its best game on defense, and its most complete performance on special teams. That specifically includes Bryce. There is no way Alabama beats Georgia without Bryce Young playing an outstanding game, and uh, and that means throwing the ball as accurately as possible. Uh, he's going to have less time with their pass rush. Uh, they have excellent defensive backs. Uh, they're going to have to be Quick, accurate throws on time. Uh, and I'm sure he knows this, but, you know, uh, obviously I was pleased with uh, 21 of 23 for five touchdowns, even if every throw wasn't, wasn't dead on. That, that was my whole point. And oddly, and this is just how people view games differently, I think his decision-making has been pretty damn good because he's run when he's needed to run lately. And um, – yeah, there are a couple of times I wish he would have slid a little bit earlier, like in the LSU game or whatever. But I think his um, decision-making has been okay and actually gotten better. 
I think the accuracy has fallen off a little bit. And I think the accuracy has fallen off even with his going 21 of 23 in the sense that it's not right where it needs to be on the money to, uh, to make, to convince me that that pass would be completed against the Georgia, which is the gold standard, at least for this season. Georgia is the gold standard on defense for this year. And um, I saw a thread on Bama online and, you know, that we're Alabama's got some cocky fans, probably more cocky than, than most. And, and rightfully so. I mean, we, it's not cocky when you do it all the time when, you know, it's just, yeah, that's what we do. What the hell are you talking about? But a guy started a thread that said, this is why we'll beat Georgia. We have the better quarterback. We'll have the singular better offensive lineman. We'll have the singular better wide receiver. We'll have the singular better defender. I think Will Anderson is better than any defender Georgia has. And then I think Georgia probably has the next seven best defenders, <laughs> you know, um, and I guess, I guess we have the ne- the best kicker. Um, and, but, and they were like, yeah, and that's the, and we have the better coach. And, and I was like, okay, you laid out some singular reasons, but it's a team sport. And I think that the, when the spread came out, um, a hypothetical spread, because obviously the game's not even set yet. The hypothetical, hypothetical spread came out as the over under at 50 and a half and Georgia minus three. And frankly, I thought that was kind of low. Uh, I know I'm being the antithesis of a cocky Bama fan, but I'm I'm telling you, I, I think Georgia should be a six or seven point favorite right now based on the way they're playing and the way we're playing. That doesn't mean I think Georgia necessarily would win the game. Let's see how these next two games play out before I make that call. But I do think Georgia's they look like they're six or seven points better than we are right now. Again, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, well, if I was taking the, the other, and I, I'm not sure what I would put the spread at. I, I think I'd probably cut it somewhere in the middle and say about five. But this this is the argument for why this game could be or should be tight. Um, now I'm I, I'm picking out this stat as like a, a the stat to look at. I'm not sure it's the best stat, but the best stat I've got is total offense and total defense. And, to, and Alabama has played a tougher schedule than Georgia. Let's keep that in mind. Not a lot tougher, but Alabama's schedule has been a little more difficult than Georgia's based on what the, the people at ESPN are telling us and their strength of schedule ranking. Alabama's schedule has been tougher than Georgia's, okay? Well, in total defense, Georgia is second in the nation. Uh, believe it or not, everybody would assume they're first, but they're actually second behind Wisconsin. They're the number two total defense. Alabama is fifth, just behind them. I know that's hard to believe, but Alabama is the fifth best defense in the sport in terms of total defense, which is measured by the amount of yards you give up per game. Offensively, Alabama is 10th. We're the number 10 offense right now uh, in the country. Georgia is in the 30s. So Alabama is in the top 10 in total offense and total defense. Georgia is number two in defense but in the 30s on offense. So I would argue that to some extent this season, Alabama may be the more complete football team, whereas Georgia is outrageously good on defense. Their offense has been, I don't know if suspect is the right word to use, but their offense has not been dominant. And at times Alabama has. Alabama is, as we speak, third in the nation in scoring offense. So I do think Alabama has – 
a chance or even a, a decent chance to win that game. And that is because Alabama will be the best offense Georgia has faced all season long. And I have a hard time imagining a defense that's going to keep Alabama out of the mid-20s or, uh, or, or high-20s in that game. It'll be on Alabama's defense to win that game by keeping Georgia below 21 points. And I, I don't know how probable it is or how possible it is, but I do think it's very realistic. Uh, I will go into that game believing Alabama can win, but I'll also concede that Georgia should be a slight favorite to win the game. Okay, and I, I kind of get that. I was trying to think of a, an analogy here, and the only thing I could come up with, let's say you have two students. One gets an A-plus in math, but a B-minus in English, and then another one that, that has a B-plus in math and a B in English. Well, who's smarter? You know, Alabama's student number two, where we, we're, we're, we're solid with a B and we're better than solid with offense. Georgia's not terrible on offense. I mean, they're not like below average. They're, they're certainly, they're way beyond passing and their defense is excellent. Well, which student is smarter? I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's hard to say. Um, so I get your point. Yeah. The answer but, is Nick um, Saban. He's, he's smarter. The, the answer is uh, the, um, the exchange student who's making A's across the board. <laughs> Nick Saban's always the smartest guy. Nick Saban's always the smartest guy in the room. He, I doubt he's been in a room with uh, Stephen Hawking, uh, but but Saban still would have been the smartest guy in the room. And Hawking is uh, dead, by the way, if we're playing alive or dead. Going dead there. Okay, sure. I'm glad you told me that. Um, now, this brings me into another story. When I was at Indian Springs, um, and for those who don't know, Indian Springs a private school in Birmingham and. Uh, you know, things are a million times different now, but back in the day, and people still came board there, I lived on campus from ninth grade to, to 12th grade, and I think I was there for their No Student Left Behind program, because they were like, we've got to have somebody from Tallapoosa County eventually, um, and because I graduated 42nd out of a class of 49, and uh, I thought I did really well on all my tests and scores, and you know, got into some pretty good colleges and I literally was the, I, I was either the eighth dumbest or 42nd smartest, whichever way you want to go or seventh dumbest, I guess. Um, anywho, when I was in, I, I was in a math class with an exchange student from Japan who knew no English, knew none of it, knew no English at all. And we were taking the same math course. He had just gotten in. I don't know if he had gotten done with his jet lag from Japan. And he blew my doors off in math every day. Every day. There's no way he knew what the teacher was saying, yet he knew how to do the problems. I felt ridiculous. I mean... That, that's the only, re the only reason I bring that story up is because of my analogy about the students. Cause then I started thinking like, Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Cause I was making like, I was making solid B. I occasionally had an A mostly B's occasionally had a C and everybody else was smarter than me. I don't know why I'm going on a self-deprecating rant <laughs> and uh, hurting my own feelings. 
here at the end of the podcast, but that's what I'm doing. Uh, anyway, I just found it interesting that a guy who knew, I mean, math is universal, right? I mean, but still, you would think you would need to know when the homework was due. And like, if he said, hey, turn in this, this homework by Wednesday, and you look over there and you're like, I don't, that's not how I say Wednesday. I don't know what you're talking about. He still outperformed me every day. <laughs> I had every advantage and I still lost. It just, it hurts me to this day. Um, I'm sure he has started some company and will probably eventually buy my company and, and fire me, but uh, regardless. You work for, you work for him now. <laughs> Little do I know, I probably already worked for him. <laughs> There's probably some portfolio where he has my company, which isn't even publicly traded. And <laughs> he probably owns me right now. Like, yeah, I'm just a, his marionette at this point. But anyway, all right, uh, Jimmy, let's take uh, a break. Well, one of my Go one ahead. of my uh, one of my best uh, buddies uh, while I was at Alabama, Alabama story. One of my best buddies at Alabama was a uh, French Canadian tennis player, and uh, so he grew up in the French speaking part of Canada. Uh, and he he wasn't super academically, or I should say, he didn't really care about school. He just cared about about tennis and, and drinking beer and stuff like that. And uh, so he actually majored in French. And, he, and by the way, he spoke French his, his entire life. That's, French was his first language. English was his second language. And uh, so he, he, he majored in French. And we're getting uh, close to Tennessee's. And then he tells me, I don't know if I'm going to make my grades. I might not be eligible to play this semester. I'm like, you're majoring in French. How do you not, do you not have A's? in all of your classes. And he's like, I've got C's in all my classes. I'm like, you speak French. You sh you can teach these classes. He's like, I've got all C's. I think I've got a couple of D's. I'm like, you, this is what you speak every day. He's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. I yeah, said, I'm not real I good bet, at it. Though. I bet it is. <laughs> he apparently can't explain it in French. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, I'm going to talk about the basketball game. All right, everybody, don't freak out. My voice may sound different because I'm not in the truck anymore. I'm in a hotel room in Columbia, South Carolina, and I want to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a fantastic place to go. It's the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They've got an award-winning app. You can also go to prizepicks.com. Use Locked On as your code, and you'll get a deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries as well, so you can have football, basketball, baseball, whatever the hell you want. You can do it at Prize Picks. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, or go to prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. 60 seconds or less, and you are playing with Prize Picks. Use promo code Locked On to get that 100 uh, percent match up to $100. Can't beat that. Go to Prize Picks and check them out. Also, want to tell you about NetSuite. This is it the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, I don't know why you have a backswing on the putt. See, that's your problem. You got a backswing on the putt. Well, anyway, your hat falls over your eyes. This is how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? You crazy. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade 
upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite right now. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for a special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Go give them a whirl at NetSuite. Appreciate you guys. Um, I'm going to stop here for a second and then get back to taping. But, you know, I'm watching this Alabama game. It's at halftime. Alabama, South Alabama. And Alabama looks like stinky doo-doo right now. They've got 14 turnovers at the half. And uh, that's not good. So we're going to have to pick it up in the second half. Hopefully Alabama turns it around and uh, gets a big victory. So I'll let you know how it comes out in a minute. Or you probably already know. It doesn't make a damn to me. I told you I'm in a hotel room in Columbia, South Carolina. What do you want from me? I'll be back in a second. Okay, as promised, I'm back. Uh, I had to wait till after the Alabama basketball game, 73-68. Woo, that was a tight one. A um, little bit surprising that Alabama didn't play better. Uh, but actually, it works out. I think this is good for the team to have tough contests like this. Look, people, I, I was getting texts during the game like, oh, we suck again. I mean, come on. Guys, this is basketball. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And we're pretty damn good. Uh, South Alabama played their ass off. Give them some credit. And then uh, we did not play very well, but we found a way to get the win anyway. And uh, these South Alabama guys, you got to remember a lot of them, first of all, they have a ton of transfers. I think four of them from SEC schools. And secondly, you got some guys on that team that weren't recruited by Alabama that are from Alabama that are pissed off they weren't recruited from Alabama. So um, anyway, I, I thought overall a good win. We'll take it, just survive in advance. Uh, happy to get this one out of the way. It's going to be another tough one on Friday against Oakland. But uh, going back to this game for a second, uh, J.D. Davison not with a nice big dunk late. Um, Charles Bidiaco, I think he's just getting better and better. Once he gets some more body control uh, on these pick and rolls where he's getting nice dishes, but he's got to be able to control his big frame a little bit more because he's, he's uh, getting the charge call a few times, which, uh, frankly, I would love to be able to bitch about charging because I think, Ref's char- call charges way too much, but I think his were charges. So uh, some nice free throws hit down the stretch. Let's not forget, it wasn't that long ago where we felt like we could never hit a damn free throw. Hell, we didn't feel like we could hit one against UCLA in the tournament. If we'd be able to hit free throws in that game, we'd probably go to the Final Four. But uh, anyway, overall, a nice big win again for Alabama. So let's take it and move on and uh, see you guys Friday. So Jimmy and I will be back with another podcast tomorrow. I'm going to New York next week, by the way, everybody. Um, I'm hoping to get all the podcasts out during Thanksgiving week while I'm in New York, before the Iron Bowl. Um, So I'm going to do the best I can do. But, uh, you know, bear with me. Y'all just keep listening. Make us the first place you listen. And uh, Jimmy and I will get something together for you. We swear we won't leave you hanging on Thanksgiving. All right, guys, thank you, and roll tide.